I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, since today is Valentine's Day today, love, of course, can take many forms. But what kind of love can we actually have that will help heal the divides in the country? Uh, I think it's a, a great opportunity for us to, to stop and, and go beyond uh, just tolerating one another. Uh, that we can actually learn to love one another, uh, even our enemies. Uh, I think that's the charge. Uh, great piece in uh, Deseret.com talking about Valentine's Day and showing love to your political opposites. Evan Ward's an associate professor of history at Brigham Young University, where he teaches a course on world history uh, and a great piece. Evan, welcome to the program. Thanks, Boyd. I'm glad to be here with you today. Uh, I I love the story uh, that you shared in your opinion piece, uh, talking about kind of your uh, introduction uh, to a lot of things happening politically, and uh, just the way that's framed. Tell us that story. Sure. Well, uh, when I was 15, I reluctantly was dragged along with my father on a uh, odyssey around the Midwest, uh, one part of which was to meet his uh, uncle. And I thought of this about as exciting as going to a family reunion. Um <laughs> His, his uncle George and uh, George's wife, Lenore, cooked dinner for us. And then we went downstairs in their home in Bloomfield Hills in Michigan. And I instantly, uh, my eyes were fixed on images of him with uh, the presidents of the U.S. since uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. And uh, I saw at that moment as a 15-year-old kind of how my own life, intersected with American politics and uh, had a had a deep appreciation for that. Uh, and um, we're all very grateful for our families. Um, but I'm especially grateful for the example of George Romney. Yeah. And uh, I think that's such a, a great framing in terms of uh, who he stood side by side with uh, and a host of, of presidents over over that uh, time span. And I think that's an important thing for us to to all look at and and to think about. Uh, we we live in a world where everything gets demonized. If they if you disagree with me or their words get weaponized, if it's a, a policy issue that we don't like, uh, and we really have to to learn to get beyond that. I, I loved I loved what President Biden said uh, at the prayer breakfast this year, which was really a scaled down event. It wasn't this big posh uh, at a, a sprawling hotel ballroom. Uh, but he said, you know what, let's let's get together. 
let's argue like heck about policy issues and let's go to lunch together uh, and move the country forward. And I think that's what you're alluding to, that we can have our disagreements and uh, that love and respect and dignity of, of other people is really what we have to get back to. Well, that's literally what the framers of the Constitution did on those sultry nights in Philadelphia. Uh, after they'd been debating, they went to, to dinner with each other, and those bonds of affection were uh, written into the Constitution amidst their uh, disagreements. Yeah, and so important that uh, across our disagreements, I think, is the the way we have to look at that. And uh, as you look at this uh, historically, uh, what are some of those other moments where we can say, okay, there's a there's a moment where we got it right, where we were really able to to come across to see each other, not as red and blue or Democrat, Republican, or whatever it might be, but just as fellow travelers and human beings. Sure. Well, I I find that it, it's somewhat disheartening that when we have a common enemy that uh, it draws us together. But the Cold War would be uh, one time period. Uh, and I can zero in particularly on uh, the relationship between President Reagan and Tip O'Neill, uh, who was a fiery congressman. Um, but the the two sides were able to uh, work together on on topics as important, but also as mundane as uh, budget agreements, um, passing measures that are in the public interest. Yeah. We do not have to agree uh, lock, stock, and barrel um, with uh, politicians on the other side of the aisle to find uh, those issues where we can agree. Maybe it's on education. Maybe yeah. it's on public health. Um, these are these are windows we should look for, and, and we should uh, extend our arms outside of them to embrace each other. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I always love those stories, uh, especially in Congress, of, of the kind of the surprise uh, alliances that, that get made that rarely get the headlines and often go unnoticed. Uh, but there's so much great work uh, that goes on. I think of Diane Feinstein, who announced her retirement today, uh, and her work uh, both uh, with Senator Mike Lee and with Senator Orrin Hatch when he was in the Senate. Uh, they worked together on a host of different issues and uh, loved talking to each other because they were all really smart people. <laughs> and they just enjoyed really smart conversations. And uh, I think we need to highlight uh, more of those. 
uh, as we go along. So, so give me a, a sense uh, in terms of how you see things moving forward, given the environment that we're in, what is it going to take uh, for us to, to really show those public bonds of affection and begin to build some of those that have been fraying so badly in recent years? You know, I can think of one word that's the most important and uh, one that I'm, I'm very fearful is being lost is to listen. Uh, we may not uh, agree with um, the president, but uh, I think it's a worthy rebuke to say that we should listen to him um, in the State of the Union address. Be kind. Uh, and listening is really the first step. If we realize that uh, the measures that people advocate often reflect their life's purpose and mission, Mm. um, if we can find those that overlap with our interests, uh, we can walk forward together while we also recognize the differences that separate us. Yeah, I think that's so important that, uh, that oneness is not sameness. Uh, but there are a whole lot of things that we can we can actually do together. I was actually really touched yesterday. We had uh, United States uh, Ambassador to Turkey, uh, Jeff Flake, uh, called us from Turkey, uh, and he described in a very moving way uh, this scene on a tarmac where uh, the uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs from uh, Greece and and Turkey were there. They're usually taking shots at each other and needling each other. And they had this embrace on the tarmac and then boarded a helicopter together to go see where they could work together to alleviate some of the suffering after the earthquake. And uh, we need more of those moments. And we don't just need them by high-level officials. Uh, Talk to me for a minute about how we can do that in our communities. No, I I think that's where the real opportunities are. Let's depoliticize in terms of party local government and uh, celebrate the grassroots efforts uh, that can bring about things like uh, improved public health through uh, walking trails. Um, That's one thing I'm particularly interested in. Uh, And just other measures at the local level that don't require us to wear a, a, a party badge on our sleeve. Uh, that's great. And it, it is. It's always in that neighborhood and community level where I think our our biggest opportunities are and where the, the red and blue shirts uh, kind of fade into the distance and we start solving uh, just local issues. Uh, again, great piece. You can check it out at Deseret.com. Uh, Evan Ward, Associate Professor of History at Brigham Young University. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. Uh, some great insight there and some great things to think about as we as we look at this Valentine's Day. And again, you don't have to always necessarily go skipping down the yellow brick road together. But there are so many things that we can get done if we just don't allow the anger, the fear, the frustration, the weaponization, the demonization uh, to get in the way. Because if that becomes the dominant object uh, then we'll never be able to talk across our differences. We'll never be able to listen, as Professor Ward indicated, as really one of the lost arts out there uh, of listening, and especially listening to your opponents or listening to people you disagree with. Uh, I actually find listening to people that I disagree with very enlightening because it keeps me curious. It makes me want to know why do they think that way or why do they feel that's the best policy solution to this? Uh, and it causes me to, to reflect and figure out what do I really think and why? 
And is there a piece of what they think? I may not agree with everything, but is there a piece of that? If I combined it with something I believe could turn into a, a, a third way, a better way, uh, it's always possible. But it only remains possible if we choose to make it possible. Again, big thanks to Evan Ward, uh, Associate Professor of History at Brigham Young University. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll get an update on Ukraine. Stay with us. More to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.